Welcome to the Life is Better With You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help, and where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is seasonal affective disorder. Now, here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to the Life is Better With You Here podcast. I am Dr. Shavana Childs, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Today, our topic will be on seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, um, because it is that time of year for some of us. However, before we talk about seasonal affective disorder, let's start with grounding ourselves with a mindful minute. Okay, so I want you to find a comfortable place to be in, in a comfortable position. As you relax, I want you to listen to my voice. Think about yourself melting into the most comfortable chair you own or couch. As your body lets go and goes left, allow the feeling of weightlessness to take over. Close your eyes and feel yourself floating, weightless and free. Imagine resting outside under a clear blue sky. And as you look up, you see a bald eagle seemingly motionless and buoyant. The eagle floats along the gentle currents of the wind, moving effortlessly forward. As it moves, you move in harmony with the bird towards a state of serene relaxation. Imagine yourself rising and soaring away from your tension and frustration, motionless and buoyant on your own current of relaxation. As the eagle slowly glides and drifts forward towards the horizon, feel yourself re-emerging from this exercise. Become more aware of your body. Become more aware of the room. And finally, open your eyes and awaken. Hopefully, you're feeling a little bit more relaxed and have a little bit creativity going on there as you're soaring with the eagles. All right. So today we're going to talk about seasonal affective disorder. And what seasonal affective disorder is, this a type of depression that kind of comes with the seasons. For most people, it'll hit around late October, mid-November, and it lasts usually through early spring. And how we differentiate this between regular depression is 
other depressions you can have probably through the year. Seasonal affective disorder is not really specific, but it comes in the fall and lasts in the spring. And then it kind of lets up in the summertime. However, there's a caveat. There are people that experience the reverse of this. They experience seasonal affective disorder from spring through summer, and then it lets up in the fall. So they have their lowest of lows from spring through summertime. So what we'll talk about today is the signs, the symptoms, causes, how we prevent this, what it's like for the person, how to help people. You know, what do we do when we're struggling with seasonal affective disorder? The other thing about the seasonal affective disorder uh, that people don't realize is a lot of times we'll call it the winter blues. So we just feel like it's winter time. We all get to see the sun a lot. It's dark at four o'clock. It's dark when we wake up. It's dark when we come home. We feel like we just kind of got the blues. It's a little bit more than the blues. And it lasts consecutively. When you know it's seasonal affective disorder, it's because it's lasting for two consecutive years. That is two back-to-back years of feeling this way. And a lot of people have it for more than two years. A lot of people have had it for two, four, six, 10, 20. This has been their lifetime. They just never knew what to call it. Never knew what to call it. But they know come November or, you know, after Thanksgiving, it just kind of tanks for them and they just don't feel well. They don't feel like celebrating. You know, there's a host of symptoms that we're going to talk about that goes with this diagnosis of seasonal effect disorder. So, you know, again, we dismiss it as the winter blues, and it's a little bit more than that. It's a little bit more than just feeling sad. We all have our sad days. We all have days when we're down, and that's okay. It's okay to have down days. But when those days are turning to weeks and months, and it's happening year after year after year, that's a problem. Those are more than sad days. Those are more than winter blues. That is it's a clinical depression that needs to be addressed by your primary care physician or a mental health provider. So I want you to consider the following symptoms if you're concerned for yourself or a loved one and know that you don't have to struggle through this alone. There is help for this, so you're never alone in this. So what are the symptoms? They start off mild, which might just be feeling kind of sad, but as the season progresses, so do the symptoms, right? So you can have feelings of listlessness, sad or down most of the day or nearly every day. Like you just feel drained. You feel zapped. You, most people tell you like, I had a hard time getting out of bed. Like I didn't even want to get out of bed. I didn't want to brush my teeth. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. And they're serious. They literally had a hard time getting out of bed. They just didn't want to do anything. You have a loss of interest in activities that you used to enjoy. Remember, you used to get up in the summertime. It was nothing to get up, go outside, go to work, you know, talk to your coworkers or you're a kid or a teen, go outside, hang out with your friends, you know, do all the things that you would normally do. And you had energy for it. You felt good for it. And there, you didn't need a reason to get out of bed. You just hopped out of bed and you went. When you have this type of depression, getting out of bed is a chore. And it feels like your bed is calling your name. It feels like your bed is, hey. You don't need to get up. Just pull the covers over your head and stay here with me. There's nothing out there. 
and it feels like you're just being sucked in. And the more you lay in your bed, the more tired you are. And it feels like the bed is just zapping your energy from. And so even though you're in bed all day, for some reason, you're still just really tired. And that's, that's that energy. That's that loss of interest. You don't want to do things with friends. You don't want to do things with families. Your girls could call, your boys could call, and you don't have a reason why. You just don't want to go. And then after a while, they start calling. And so you sit, and then that isolation builds. Because they've been calling. You keep saying no. They call, you say no. After a while, they're like, dude, don't call him. Don't call her. They're not going to come. We'll just go out. And now you're isolated, which feeds more into the depression. So then it becomes this vicious cycle of I'm alone. I'm depressed. I don't want to go out. So I'm depressed. They keep calling. I don't want to go. So I'm depressed. And so it just keeps going and going and going. And it, it is really hard to come out of that cycle. Sometimes when I explain depression to people, I describe it as falling down this big black bottomless pit that nobody's reaching down for you. You have no voice. You can scream, but nothing's coming out. There's nothing to grab onto on the sides, and you're just falling. And there's no end to it. Nobody can hear you. Nobody can help you. And you're just falling. It's a sense of helplessness. And that's what it can feel like. And so you have low energy. You feel sluggish. Um, ever have a heavy meal after you're eating really good and you're stomach your tummy it's really full you like oh you got to let those buttons out you just don't feel like moving it's that but you don't have the satisfaction of having had that good meal but it's that type of sluggishness and it just drains you um you have problems with sleeping too much to sleep the whole day away and still feel like you haven't slept you know i've had people report to me that they slept 18 to 20 hours of the day and was still tired when they woke up. That's the depression. That's how seasonal affective disorder could affect them. Experiencing cravings of uh, carbohydrates, potato chips, things like that. I don't necessarily know if that's a seasonal affective thing because I crave carbs all the time, but this is what they say. I'm going to take that. Carbs. And you know how it is when we eat carbs. You get tired. It's also overeating because guess what? You're not doing anything else. You're sleeping. You're in bed. You're eating. So guess what else happens? You get that weight gain. And then when you get that weight gain, for those of us who don't want to gain weight, or we have body image issues. Now I'm gaining weight. I've been sitting in bed. I've been sleeping all day. Do you think my self-esteem is all that great? Probably not. So now my depression is feeding into that because I got negative self-talk for real now. And it's just not good. So again, vicious cycle and all these other variables keep getting poured into this vicious cycle. And all this stuff is going on, which makes it even worse. We have difficulty concentrating. Um, when you, we are depressed, our brain doesn't function necessarily the same. We become forgetful. Our focus is off. Our concentration is off. We, you know, we can't remember things the same. And so, yeah, we, it's just not there for us. We're not as sharp as we used to. 
It's just not there. And then that upsets us when we become depressed about that, particularly in our more mature adults, because then we start to think, oh my God, am I getting Alzheimer's? Am I getting dementia? No, I'm depressed. There's a lot on your mind. Your brain is depleted. Your energy is slow. Your diet is not healthy. Your brain is not being fed the way it needs to be fed. So now it's not working like it should. So yeah, again, and then all of that just feeds the depression even more. So it's like this monster that just keeps eating all these things and it's growing. And it grows from November through spring. So that's why we, you know people are like, just get over it. Oh, you'll feel better. Oh, that's not helpful. And if they could get over it, guess what? They would. We wouldn't be having this conversation. People don't just get over something. And nothing is that easy. If it were, they would do it. Feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, or guilt. They feel hopeless for all the things we just discussed. They can't stop it. Their energy is slow. They can't get out of bed. They can't brush their teeth. Their hygiene is poor because taking a shower is a whole chore. Washing their face is a whole chore. Even though they know those things would make them feel better, they literally don't have the energy to do it. So then they feel worthless because I can't even get out of bed and wash my face. I can't even get out of bed and wash my body. I know I smell, but I don't really even care. What kind of person does that? The kind of person that is depressed. So they have all those negative messages going. So now that's bringing to, I'm hopeless. I'm worthless. This isn't going to get better. Then they feel guilty because they know people are worried about them. They're not doing their job the same. They're not socializing. They're not there for their kids, their spouses, their significant others. There's all these things that they're carrying. They can't share with anybody else because sometimes there's no words to tell somebody how depressed you are. It just is a worse. All you can say is, I don't feel right. I don't feel good. Something's wrong. And that doesn't even touch the surface of how they make me feel. And all of that can lead to thoughts of suicide. And that is a tough topic to discuss. A lot of people don't want to discuss it, but it's a reality for a lot of people that we cannot avoid talking about. We should not avoid talking about it. It happens and it happens in our communities. We need to be real. We need to educate and we need ask. We need to talk about it. We can all get to the point where we don't want to be here anymore. And what I have come to learn is when I ask my patients, is it that you want to die or is it that you don't want to feel like this anymore? Nine times out of 10, they just don't want to feel like this anymore. Is it that they want to die? They just don't want to feel like this. This is a horrible way to feel. Feeling like you can't get out of it, you can't escape, you can't stop it. A sense of not being in control of your own emotions. It's a horrible feeling. 
And so, you know, we want to be on the lookout for those things, specifically when it's seasonal affective disorder and, you know, the things that put us at risk for it. You know, and some of the other symptoms for the fall and winter is oversleeping. It's dark outside from the time we wake up till we get out of work by 5.30. It's dark. I think it's time to go to bed at 6. Um, our appetite changes. I want pizza all the time now. I want potato chips and dip all the time now. No, I shouldn't be eating that. It's comfort food. Another thing that we have to realize about food, when people are in depression and anxiety and, you know, this is going on and that is going on, right or wrong, I'm not condemning or condoning, food is one of the things that we can control. Not necessarily in a good way, but I can go get it and it does make me feel better. We still need to do better. We can make better choices. That's an explanation, not an excuse. It is an explanation. Food does make us feel better. I would give anything right now for somebody's macaroni and cheese. Okay, wait till Thanksgiving. It is what it is. Everything in moderation. Um, the weight gain. You know how we are about our weight, especially if we got family members who when they talk to you, they're looking at your stomach and not your eyes. I want to be like, ma'am, my eyes are up here. Stop looking at my stomach. I know I put on a couple of pounds. I do not need you silent and judging. So we go through these things. So all of that adds to the depression. So these are things we have to work on. Now, for the people who suffer in the summer and the spring, uh, their symptoms are kind of the same, but instead of oversleeping and sleeping all the time, they can't sleep. They have insomnia, so they're not sleeping. They have a poor appetite, so they're not overeating. They're not craving carbs. They're, they're totally the opposite. And then they have weight loss. They have agitation and anxiety instead of depression. They're keyed up. They're worried. They're anxious all the time. So they're on edge. Um, and they have increased irritability because they're on edge. You know, the one thing about anxiety that most people don't realize is anxiety is worry about the what ifs. What's going to happen? What if this? What if that? And if I don't know about the what if, then I become agitated and I'm irritable because you don't know. I'm asking you, you don't know. What am I talking to you for? Then I'm moody and I'm snapping on people and I'm going off on people. They, they experience the total opposite. Neither of those extremes is good. Neither of those extremes is good. And for most of us, we think, oh my gosh, the summer is great. The sun is out. I'm you know, doing all these wonderful things. Not necessarily. It doesn't always work that way. So for the summer people, they struggle as well. It's just the opposite of the winter time. So when winter comes, the seasonal affected people for the summer, great. For the seasonal affected people in the fall, they do wonderful in summer. So some of the complications that we discuss from whether you get it in the spring through summer or fall through spring is the social withdrawal. If we shut down, we're irritable, we're agitated, people don't want to be bothered with us. They don't know what to do. We start to have school or work problems because our focus and concentration is off. We can't keep it together to do our jobs, concentrate on our homework. There can be substance abuse because a lot of us 
won't go to the doctor. We don't have a doctor. We don't know how to get a doctor, which we're going to talk about all of that here too. So then we turn to substance use to mask our pain, to self-medicate, not healthy, because that just causes other problems. And then we have other mental health disorders that come from it. Anxiety, eating disorders, you know, binge eating, overeating, bulimia, all of that. Those are things that can develop in the suicidal thoughts or behaviors because we just can't take it. We haven't sought therapy. We don't have medication management, appropriate medication management. We don't have appropriate coping skills. So we don't necessarily know what to do. They aren't really sure um, what the cause of the seasonal affective disorder is, but what we do know is the sun is a powerful thing. So those of us living in Northeast Ohio, Northeast part of the country, we need the sun. And that's why most of us suffer from the fall through spring seasonal affective disorder. True transparency, my mood tanks after Thanksgiving. That's because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. After Thanksgiving, my mood, I'm done. My mood tanks and I have to make a plan. I literally make a plan of how I'm going to survive until March. I make a plan because I know I know what's going to happen with my mood. Um, but those living in the northeast part of the country, we have reduced sunlight. Sunlight is where we get our natural vitamin D. The vitamin D has to do with our mood. It helps elevate our mood as well as uh, uh, the brain chemical. It's a neurotransmitter called serotonin. And it's one of the things that helps play a role in our mood. So if our serotonin levels are good, our mood is good. If they're too high, we're really anxious. If they're too low, we're really depressed. But if our serotonin levels are, are good, if they're stable, then our mood is good. But when we don't have the sun, we don't have enough serotonin levels and our mood gets depressed. So that's why the sunlight is very important. So we get that natural vitamin D and our ser serotonin levels are increased when the sun is out and we get it through our skin and our melatonin is increased through the, through the sun. Our melatonin is what helps us sleep. So we're getting good sleep. Our mood is good. Our vitamin D levels are up. We're good when the sun is out. So the sun is such a powerful thing. We need it. And that's what helps our mood. So the sun is powerful. Some other things that are important to know about seasonal affective disorder is it occurs more often in women than men and more often in younger adults than older adults. You're also more likely to have it if you have had blood relatives with seasonal affective disorder or another form of depression. So check your family history. Um, if there is a major depressive episode, if you have bipolar disorder or anything like that, your symptoms for depression may worsen if you have one of those conditions or any other major depression. If you live far from the equator, so again, too far north or too far south of the equator, you're a higher risk for seasonal affective disorder. If we have low levels of vitamin D, you're at higher risk. 
I always encourage my patients, go get your hormone levels checked, go get a full physical, see where your vitamin D levels are. Most of us in the Northeast part of the country, our levels are depleted. Every year I have to get a prescription, a prescription, not an over-the-counter vitamin D, a prescription for vitamin D because my levels are always so low. So when we talk about seasonal affective disorder, how do you know when to get help? You know when to get help if this has been going on for two consecutive years, back-to-back years. If you've experienced any of the symptoms that we've discussed, low energy, social withdrawals, focus and concentration is off, your mood is just really low, change in sleeping patterns, your appetite has changed, you've turned to alcohol or drugs for comfort or relaxation, you're feeling hopeless, you're thinking about suicide, seek help immediately. If you have a primary care physician, talk to them first. If you don't, the Life is Better With You Here podcast will help you be in contact with a mental health professional. We have resources for you. So the prevention for this, um, in terms of treatment, there is treatment with light therapy. They call them light boxes. And what you do with the light box is, and I have one, is you sit in front of it for, and you can use it. You can set the light box up and you can read your book by it, have your coffee or tea and toast in the morning by it. You sit in front of it for like 30 to 45 minutes, eyes open, you can't sleep with the light on. You sit in front of it for 30 to 45 minutes every day and it gives you a bright light that mimics the sun without the damaging UV light. I would caution it for people who have um, light sensitivity or anything that is going on with your eyes, consult with your physician first. Always consult with your physician first before trying anything. But light therapy is one of the things they use for seasonal affective disorder. Um, psychotherapy, there is cognitive behavioral therapy that works and it's aimed at teaching people how to cope in difficult situations. They've also adapted CBT for people with seasonal affective disorder. Um, and when they use that in conjunction with uh, light therapy, it's known to be highly effective. Um, and again, Life is Better with You Here can connect you with a list of qualified therapists. You can also seek uh, antidepressant medications. Again, medication management, consult with your primary care physician and ask to have your vitamin D levels checked to see where you are. Now, some holistic things that you can do, holistic meaning no medications, you know, things that are in your control. And I'm going to say in your control to the point where there are times when we're so depressed that you just don't feel like doing anything, but you got to push through. you got to make yourself do it got to push through. But things you can do, exercise regularly, go to the gym, go for a walk, go running, do yoga, do meditation, do Tai Chi, something that's going to release endorphins. You know, when we exercise, it releases this feel-good hormone called endorphins, and that makes us feel better. If you ever notice when you exercise, if you're like me, I never like exercising. I don't I have a personal trainer three days a week. Every time I get ready to go in my head, 
I'm fussing and complaining. I go, but I'm complaining and fighting the whole time. He calls me the complainer. After I'm done, I feel amazing. I feel amazing. My mood is better. And I notice when I skip, my mood is not so great. So working out releases those endorphins that make you feel good. Exercise is wonderful. So you can increase your own endorphins. Eat healthy foods, rich in vitamin D. Avoid the carbs as much as you can. Again, anything in moderation. I'm never going to tell you, don't eat that. Cut that out for good. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. And we should always be able to treat ourselves. Never cut out anything for good unless it's just totally damaging to your body. But carbs, cut out as much as you can. Increase your socialization with positive people. Make weekly dates or monthly dates. Have something to look forward to. Always put something in your schedule at least twice a month that you're going to look forward to. Can't wait to go do that thing. So you got forward thinking, forward motion, forward movement. Have something to look forward to. Learn a new hobby. Crocheting and knitting. Play games. Um, plan a trip. Plan a getaway. When the sun is out, even if it's cold, open up your curtains every day. Even when the sun is out, open up the curtains in your house. Let the natural sunlight in. But when the sun is out, bundle up. Go outside. Soak up the sun anyway. As much as you can, soak up that sun. Um, See a therapist. Again, life is better with you here. Can connect you to qualified therapists that are here and ready to help you. Date yourself. Boo. Boo. You're the most important person in the room. If you don't love you, who's going to love you as best as you can? Date yourself. Take yourself to the movies. Take yourself to dinner. Pamper yourself. You your own best company. You know what you like to talk about. And you ain't got a pleasant fight with nobody. Date you. It's the best thing ever. Do it. You will love it. Do it, do it, do it. Candles, quiet time, read, listen to a book. Because again, I don't read books. But I listen to them a lot. So my challenge for you is to create your own positive self-affirmation and create something to look forward to at least twice a month that's going to lift your mood. The affirmation that I will leave you with today is I am strong, resilient, and depression does not define me. And remember, regardless of what your mental health journey looks like, life is always better with you here. Take care, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And for more information about us, please visit our site, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, send us a message through the link in the description or the message button if you're using the Anchor site. 
Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.